1: Welcome to Market Scale Building Management. I'm your host, Sean Heath. You know, there are a lot of moving parts in a building. Literally, moving parts. I know that sounds strange, but it's a true fact. As a matter of fact, my guest on the podcast today has spent most of his career coordinating and organizing all the different moving parts. As a matter of fact, I think at one point he was actually the master of the elevators, so I'm going to ask him about that. Today, I have the pleasure of having a conversation with the Senior Vice President of Strategic Accounts for Service Logic, Roger Nail. Roger, how are you today? Good, Sean, thank you. Okay, so I do want to start off asking you the elevator question. Those things seem super complex. Is that true?
0: Elevators are certainly very complex. Yes, that's correct.
1: Okay, that was really the only question I had. I had a feeling they were, you know, the only thing I really know about elevators is what I see in Mission Impossible movies.
0: Yeah, and they're probably not even close to being reality, but yes, I know what you mean.
1: And I'm pretty sure that that's not the recommended way to use an elevator. Tom Cruise really needs to have somebody sit him down and explain that it's okay to ride inside an elevator once in a while. (laughs) That'd be a true statement. Okay, so as we talk about the interior of buildings, one of the main focuses at any given time is the environment. And of course, I'm talking about temperature, humidity control. And there are a lot of companies uh, that try to manage their own buildings, uh, either through an attempt at cutting costs or manpower or trying to, you know, maintain uh, control over the data, whatever they're doing. There are a lot of reasons that a company would think it's a good idea to handle all of their HVAC needs, for example, on their own, but there are even more reasons to not try and do it yourself. And that's a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about today. First, let's start off talking about just the challenges that a company could face trying to handle all of these issues by themselves.
0: Okay. Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind, Sean, is, and what we hear a lot, are companies that are trying to do things like filter changes or having their on-site or their own internal staff handle or try to handle HVAC service maintenance is that they get so busy with their own agenda and items that they have to do on a day-to-day basis that many times the simple task of preventive maintenance or the simple task of filter changes simply aren't done consistently. So uh, having a third-party company do that work for them makes a lot of sense and a lot of times something they really don't realize could cut their cost dramatically by doing consistent maintenance.
1: Well, let's talk about that cost-benefit analysis just briefly because it, it seems logical that the amount of time that an internal technician would spend performing these tasks is time that they're not able to spend on other important tasks for the building's management and sort of delegating that to a trained, professional, uh, dedicated third party, that seems like the smartest approach but I would imagine it's pretty difficult to get some companies to see that, whether it's just the culture they have of do-it-yourself type attitude or uh, I think when you get in a conversation and you're able to present to them the cost-benefit analysis, I would imagine that opens their eyes pretty quickly.
0: Well it does and I think once again it goes back to the point where they feel like maybe their staff is performing this maintenance but quickly when we're given an opportunity and we get to get on the rooftop and look at their equipment and point out through different means very visible work that's not being performed The cost benefits to them certainly come in from doing the preventive maintenance and avoiding repairs and replacement of equipment that might come quicker than if they were doing consistent maintenance.
1: And up to this point, you and I have really just been talking about a single building. The problem increases exponentially when you talk about Multiple sites. No
0: question. And that's really where our team comes into play with Service Logic. Our team in Strategic Accounts works closely with companies that have a need in multiple sites within a region or multiple sites nationally. And so you can imagine the challenge they have with consistency of work being done from site to site, having one person to go to, one company to call. Uh, one company to dispatch and handle all those service calls. The consistency that we provide to them with KPI reporting and a lot of customers we work with, we give them information as far as giving them an inventory of exactly what kind of equipment they have at their facilities. A lot of Companies that we work with nationally don't even really know all the equipment that they have on the rooftop. So our team provides that ability to manage all of the facilities for them on a
1: nationwide basis or regional basis. And that seems to be the trend, right?
0: No question. Uh, and we're seeing it more and more. And a lot of people coming to us because they get frustrated with trying to manage different local HVAC companies in every market they have. And there's no consistency with that. They're challenged with who to remember to call, how to call them, all those companies doing business in different ways, invoicing being done differently. So we bring all that consistency through our team to help them
1: manage and make their life really a lot easier. It really does seem to be the most logical approach when you stop and think about companies that have franchises in several sites across a country or even just across a city they have a tendency to try and create a uniform face Uh, they always have certain products set up maybe in in a certain arrangement within their show floor or they always handle business through their drive through with a certain procedure and they do that because it's easier if everybody's on the same page and yet sometimes you'll find these companies that have that um, that uniform thought process completely abandon that when it comes to getting someone to help them fix, you know, a broken faucet or replace a heating unit that's gone out, but really it's the most logical approach and another thing that you are able to add into the mix is, as you mentioned, you monitor everything. If there's something that can go wrong, you already thought about it and you have a plan in place, which minimizes the stress that the client has to go through when something does inevitably break.
0: That's correct. And then over time, we keep uh, all the records and the information within our system on all the facilities. We have all the information that provides, you know, how many callbacks we've provided at a certain building all the way down to the unit and specific piece of equipment level. So over time, developing these customers, the information that we have available to us is very valuable to the customer to know how to plan and budget accordingly for unit replacements. And they'll have all that information at their fingertips that they wouldn't otherwise have. The other thing, I guess, that really differentiates service logic from our competitors there's really not a lot of companies out there nationwide that can handle customers and self-perform the work. And by self-performing, I mean, we perform in a good percentage of the markets nationwide with companies that ServiceLogic owns. And that's much different than companies out there that aggregators and simply find vendors and subcontractors that they call from taking the call and they're, they're not their own company. So our company is growing very fast. We're on average about 45 days acquiring a new company. So the map and the coverage of owned Service Logic companies is changing dramatically, and giving us the ability to uh, go to the customers and say we can self perform for all your facilities nationwide with a company that's owned by Service Logic. And in those markets where we don't. Currently own someone, then we have companies that we've vetted and uh, we partner with that meet our criteria and our and our uh, views towards safety and through maintenance and and doing things consistently um, that we can handle any market, large or small, throughout the country.
1: I've always been curious, and I can't believe I've never asked anyone this question before. But you're the perfect person to ask this. Is it harder? to manage the heating aspect or the cooling aspect of a building?
0: I don't think there's any uh, huge difference. I mean, I think you typically get more issues involved in the cooling side of things through the summer months, uh, and especially in your warm weather markets uh, tend to go year-round with the cooling. So I think their challenges... That the customers face is probably more
1: so on the cooling side. I'm going to guess that throughout your career you may have been on top of a building once or twice.
0: Once or twice uh, on on top of uh, several buildings with even within the last week, but uh, whether that was uh, 22 years in the elevator business going on rooftops looking at uh, elevator machine rooms or going on rooftops to look at HVAC mechanical equipment, uh, I've been on a
1: few. Now, I'm not crazy about heights. I wouldn't say that I have a fear of heights, but we have a mutual respect for each other. Um, Has there been a building that you've been on top of and you maybe had some doubts after you got up there and you thought, huh, maybe this is not the right building for me to be on top of? Is there one building that sticks out in your mind as you think, yeah, one trip to the top was plenty? Well,
0: I'm not sure that I can say that exactly, but there's certainly, when you go to the top, and you tour the equipment that's on a rooftop, you can quickly tell that customer and, and what they've done historically with that equipment and, and see quickly that it's been neglected. Uh, quick example, I was on one this week and uh, the unit literally, the sides of the unit were broken down, uh, the panels removed. You could literally see straight down a hole into the business below. And it's just a matter of time before they realize that with rain coming through, the unit that hadn't been serviced, hadn't had any attention, hadn't been addressed. Um, Those are the type things that you quickly see When you're doing surveys on uh, rooftops.
1: Now, for anybody that wants to reach out to you, they can go to servicelogic.com. And I know how much you love getting emails, and you especially love getting phone calls, especially if it is a call from someone who has a problem, because you're going to be able to fix that.
0: That's exactly right. You can reach us through the website, and then our strategic accounts team specifically has... its own phone number that, uh, you know, when, once we sign someone up as a customer, the dispatch number they can call directly to our team and we coordinate and dispatch those calls accordingly out to our companies and partners. and. Uh, Like I said earlier, it gives them one point of contact, one number to call, one email to send something to so that they're not chasing down multiple
1: vendors. Well, I want to go ahead and volunteer my services. If you need someone to stand down on the ground and, you know, look at anything or test temperatures or whatever, I'm your guy. Um, If it's going to involve safety harnesses, then I might be busy that day. But, you know, we'll coordinate calendars just to make sure. I just want you to know I'm there for you.
0: Very good. I appreciate that.
1: Today, it's been my pleasure to have a conversation with Roger Nail, the Senior Vice President of Strategic Accounts for Service Logic. Roger, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Be safe and I hope to talk to you again soon.
0: Thanks, Sean. I appreciate you doing this for us. Very fun.